So I'm very excited because for a, quite a while I've been praying that we could pull this off and it looks like we're going to be able to do this. Um, on May um, 5th and 6th, that's a Friday and Saturday, uh, we're going to have Dr. John Townsend is going to be here to do a marriage seminar. And, you know, we've been praying for uh, someone to come in and to help us just give us a, a weekend where we can uh, encourage marriages in our community. And you may be doing well, you may be doing okay, you may not be doing well, but this is going to be one of those, it's here, you just have to show up here and you'll grow and you'll gain through this. Uh, we're, I'm very excited about this. Because I believe it's going to be an opportunity for many marriages to go to the next level, to heal, to, to maybe be saved. I don't know. But we're, we're real excited he's, he's coming, and uh, we want you to know that. And we just kind of got the confirmation uh, earlier this week, and I just kind of am letting this leak. We don't have anything on the website yet. It'll be up next week, and you'll get more information on that. The other thing we're going to do in this seminar, because we believe so strongly that we want to kind of give you some tools to help you in your marriage is that um, two weeks after this seminar is uh, it's uh, called a weekend to remember and, and uh, it's in Madison and we're going to actually give one couple uh, just we're going to give away one weekend to remember for a couple that attends that seminar and, and we just really we just feel like we want to do something to help boost the marriage morale of our community, and uh, not just our faith community, because we're going to open it up to all the community, but uh, we wanted you to hear it first, so be, you'll be hearing more about that, but set aside, uh, and that's the weekend before Mother's Day, uh, May 5th and 6th, and, and guys, uh, maybe one of the things you could say to your wife is, you know, for Mother's Day, we're, we're, we're going to this, we need to be part of this, uh, it would be a great opportunity, and I think it'll be a challenge for you. And I hope that you'll take advantage of it. May 5th and 6th, it's a Friday. It'll be a Friday night and a Saturday morning. And Dr. John Townsend will be here. And I, I think it, it's just a great opportunity for you. So I'm very excited and want to let you know about that. So we're talking now and we're going through the book of Proverbs. And the book of Proverbs calls out to us, offering us wisdom. And we can find wisdom and we can grow in wisdom. That's kind of what we've been looking at. We can find wisdom. You don't have to be intelligent to be wise. You don't have to be rich. You, you don't have to be privileged. You, you can be just any old buddy and you can, be, you can grow in wisdom. And that's kind of what Proverbs is all about. Uh, so the book of Proverbs calls out to us. And it tells us that God has created this world with certain principles, certain wise patterns and when we violate those patterns we get into trouble and when, when we follow them generally life goes better so the first passage i want to read uh this uh weekend is proverbs chapter 8 proverbs chapter 8 and uh, it's on page 8 for, uh, 486 of your chair bible if you don't have a bible just grab the chair bible on po- page 486 and i'm going to start reading a ver- uh proverbs 827 proverbs 827 now, what's going on here is, as I said, wisdom is personified. That means, uh, you may not be aware what that phrase means. What that essentially means is that wisdom is putting on human characteristics. It's like it's another person talking to you, okay? And so this is what wisdom says to us this weekend. 
I was there when he established, speaking of God, the heavens. When he drew the horizon on the oceans. I was there when he set the clouds above. And when he established the springs deep in the earth. I was there when he set the limits of the seas. So they would not spread beyond their boundaries. And when he marked off the earth's foundations, I was the architect by his side. I was his constant delight, rejoicing always in his presence. And how happy I was with the world he created. How I rejoiced with the human family. And so my children listen to me, for all who follow my ways are joyful. Now it's interesting because at the end of the book of Job... God says to Job, were you there when I laid the foundation in the world? Were you there when I told the oceans to go? And he goes, no, I wasn't there. Well, wisdom says I was there. I was there and I saw it all. Look at another uh, proverb, Proverb 132. It says, for simpletons turn away from me to death. Fools are destroyed by uh, by their lack of complacency, uh, uh, by their own complacency. But all who listen to me will live in peace, untroubled by fear or of harm. Now, the, the point I want you to see is wisdom is personified here. And wisdom is showing us that there is an order to our world. There are natural laws. There are uh, laws that when, we're, when, when we follow these laws, life generally will go well. When we don't follow them, life can go really cattywampus. You know, it can go bad. And so that's kind of what it's saying. So I want to give you an illustration. The, the idea here I want to illustrate is that the universe is filled with universal principles for life. They're embedded. They're woven into our universe. And uh, there's a number of, one, uh, number of them. For instance, the, the, probably the easiest one for us to uh, understand are the physical laws. There's a whole bunch of physical laws in our universe. Like you can't jump off a 50-story building and expect to live, right? Um, let me give you another one. You can't eat whatever you want. You just can't go out and eat whatever you want, as much as you want, whenever you want, because what it'll do, it'll shorten the length of your life, and it'll absolutely lower the quality of your life if you do that. Remember, they did a movie a number of years ago where all the guy did, I think it was for a year, he ate, all he ate was McDonald's food. And he was like a mess. I mean, it was, and, and, and if you work at McDonald's or you own McDonald's, you know, no, no knock on you, but you only can do so much McDonald's. The point is, you can't just eat whatever you want. The other, on the other hand, though, if you eat wisely, it will generally raise the quality and duration of your life. Your life will generally go better if you eat healthy, okay? And your doctor's telling you that every time you go in for a physical, isn't he, anyways? Are you listening to him? (laughs) All right, so that's physical. How about the moral? Because there are moral laws to the universe. There's moral laws of life. Think about it for a moment. If you live selfishly, uh, and if everyone else lives selfishly, We've got a problem, don't we? Society, totally as we know it, breaks down if everybody lives selfishly. We'll find ourselves alone. Um, if we only, if everyone only lives for themselves, society as we know it is an impossibility. That's why Jesus says love, what are the two greatest commands? Love God with all your heart, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, right? Now he's not saying there, <laughs> Love yourself and then love your neighbor. No, he's saying, you already love yourself, now love your neighbor. (laughs) Take some of that love that you're putting on yourself and put it on your neighbor. 
The other, the other side of that, though, is if you live for others and you live for the good of your community, not only will the people around you thrive, will they do better, but you will too. As you make your neighborhood, your workspace, your school better, and you, are, you make it a better, uh, the, the sphere of influence you have, you make it better around you, uh, your, your, the group around you will be better. There's also spiritual laws. There's spiritual laws. If you build your whole life on the accumulation of wealth or the pursuit of power, the finding acceptance in relationships, gaining certain status, you'll find that these pursuits will become empty if that's all you pursue. If you say, I must have this to be fulfilled, to find purpose, to find meaning, to find dignity, to find my whatever it is, uh, you're going to be in trouble. But if you look to God to fill you, to name you, to affirm and provide for you, then you're going to find the real life that God created, not only for the universe, but for you. Because he's the only one that can give you that value. He's the only one that can provide for you that meaning. Here's the point. You just can't make it up as you go along. You can't live any way you want. You can't just determine right or wrong. The world has certain laws and rules. And what Proverbs generally says over and over and over is if generally, if you follow these laws, generally life will go well for you. If you don't follow them, life's not going to go well for you. Okay? That's essentially what he's saying. Now, there's a wrinkle to all of this. The wrinkle to all of this is we live in a fallen world. So the principles, the universal principles, are affected by the fall of man. Since the fall of man, these universal principles don't always work out. And that's the rub. That's the problem we have. And many times people blame God, they're angry with God because things don't go. They say, well, I did my part. I ate, you know, well, I'll give you some examples. So the point is, because we live in a broken world with sin and evil, this means that even though you might live according to the principles of God's created order, bad things can and will generally happen to you. Can't help it because you have evil people around you. You have fallen people around you. And you live in a fallen world, so bad things are bound to happen. We're not on a golf course where we're just sitting back, just hanging out. We're on a crowded highway where there's wrecks and crashes all around us. For example, get back to your health again. You may take good care of what you eat. You exercise regularly. You uh, don't abuse drugs or alcohol. You don't smoke. You get enough rest. You successfully deal with stress. And you know what? Even though you do all that, you might still get cancer. That's just because we live in a fallen world. There's a tainted gene pool and, and there's a family history and all those things kind of get factored in. And we have to remember that. The writer of Proverbs puts it this way. In page, this is a Proverbs 16.25. Because what Proverbs is doing is... It's not saying, you know, if you do this, then this will happen. You know, it's do this, and then this good thing will happen. Do this, and this bad thing. It doesn't always work that way. What the writer of, of Proverbs is more nuanced than that. It says, you know, generally speaking, if you live this way, good things will happen. If you live this way, generally bad things will happen. But what the writer of Hebrew, or what the writer of Proverbs also says is this. It says, he is, the writers, uh, the, the Proverbs are saying, uh, but we live in a fallen world. So sometimes those principles don't work. Look at what he, look at what he says. And this is Proverbs 16.25. There is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. That's kind of dark and bleak, right? 
And I think what the writer is saying is, you know, even if you follow the perfect path, sometimes things don't just work out. Here's the point. No matter how hard you try, things can and will go wrong. Do you remember the book of Job? In the Old Testament, there's a book of Job, and Job was this righteous man. And it says, and I've heard people, commentators, say all the time, oh, he wasn't righteous, and, you know, he did something wrong. No, in fact, if you read the first chapter, you read through the first couple chapters, God says twice, there's not a man on the earth like him. There's nobody like him. He's the most righteous person. You can't find a more righteous person than Job. You can't do it. It's impossible. He says that twice about Job. So when God says that, it's probably right. It's probably true. So Job, in, in, a, in a matter of a few days, I think it is, he loses his wealth. He loses his family, except for his wife, which in retrospect might have been easier if he'd got to take in his wife. You have to read it, okay? I don't want to spoil it for you. And then he loses his health. And the whole rest of the book, his friends come, and the smartest thing they do is they keep their mouths shut and they just sit with him. But then they basically say this. Here's what they say, essentially. Job... You must have done something wrong. You must have done something wrong. Because Proverbs <laughs> says that when you do the, live the right way and do the right things, bad things don't happen to you. And when you do bad things and live the wrong way, bad things happen. So therefore, you must, it's not that simple. It's not that simple. Now, you may be here this weekend and you believe that if you live an upright and moral life, everything should go well for you. But that means that you haven't factored in that we live in a fallen world with fallen human beings. Now, again, what I'm trying to say is I believe that when you live a good life and you live a moral life and you live according to the principles of the universe, life will generally go well for you. I believe that with all my heart. And I believe that if you don't do that, life's not going to go well for you. But even if you are following the principles of the, you know, of the, that are woven in the universe, it's a fallen universe. And sometimes bad things happen. And, and if you build your life like Job's friends did and said, well, good things happen to good people and bad things happen to bad people, most of us can look around and say, that's not my experience. I know bad people are doing real well. And I know good people who aren't doing so well. So we know that that, that's, that can't be a one-for-one one, uh, point. But we are still called to live wisely because life will generally go better for us. But the book of Proverbs shows us a number of ways that we can live foolishly. So that's what I want to do. I want to spend the rest of our time talking about foolishness because it's the opposite of wisdom. Foolishness is the opposite. And Proverbs has a lot to say about Fools. So look at uh, Proverbs. Uh, there's three kinds of fools that Proverbs talks about. Uh, and I want to read, uh, read this to you. Well, you, there's four types of fools. And, and, uh, but let me read uh, Proverbs 122. Because he, he lists the three different kinds of fools in this one verse. Proverbs 122. How long, O simple ones... Will you love being simple? How long will you scoffers delight in scoffing and fools hate knowledge? So you have simple ones, scoffers, and fools. Those are the three kinds. All right. 
So let's look at those three. Because the root of all these fools is not mental, but spiritual. Their problem isn't that they are mentally uh, not up to, up to speed. That's not it. Their problem is they're spiritually not up to speed. So let's look at those three kinds of fools. There's the simple fool or the gullible fool. Look at Proverbs 14:15. It says this. Only simpletons believe everything they're told. The prudent can carefully consider their steps. So this is the simple one. This is the gullible one. This is the one who is so underdeveloped in their intellect, they're so underdeveloped in their, um, their um, personality, psychologically, that they, they are incredibly needy. They will believe anything that anyone says. They desperately need to be accepted. And they will do just about anything for approval. So they routinely choose bad friends. They, 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 they align themselves with bad business partners. And they have horrible life companions. They just do. They just make horrible choices. I mean, if there's a horrible choice and ten good choices, they'll pick the horrible choice. They'll pick the horrible friend. They will just do that because they're so needy. They are too easily led. They're too easily influenced. And they don't stick with things. They can't walk in a long obedience in the same direction. They're changing. You know people like that maybe? That they're, they're, they're doing this and then they're doing this and then they're doing this and now they're into this. And then, the, then their friends change regularly and they're all over the place and they're kind of schizophrenic in, their, in, in all of this stuff. And, and they believe everything. They believe everything and they believe everyone. They're very gullible and they're very, uh, and they're very easily led astray. They can't walk in a long obedience in the same direction. They're looking for the next big thing. By the way, when this person becomes a follower of Jesus Christ, that doesn't go away tomorrow, okay? They don't become all of a sudden wise. But they can grow in wisdom. They can grow in wisdom. See, the, the good news is wisdom is something we can grow in. Uh, the simple fool believes everybody, okay? That's the bottom line. The simple fool believes everybody, okay? And they trust everyone. And they're foolish, and they've gotten taken for a ride. And, you know, by the way, I just want to say this. This person could be well-educated, too. Education really doesn't, isn't necessarily a buffer or, or, or a way to say, well, I won't be. You know people who are intelligent who are tremendously gullible. The second one is exactly the opposite. It's the stubborn fool. Look at uh, Proverbs 15.5. Only a fool despises a parent's despise. Whoever learns uh, from correction is wise. So stubborn fools can't take correction. They shrug it off. They're also very opinionated. They know better than anyone else. Everyone around them is an idiot except them. Right? And they generally say that. Oh, he's an idiot. They're an idiot. She's an idiot. Everyone's an idiot. <laughs> they know everything. You can't teach them everything. Anything. So the simple fool believes everybody. The stubborn fool doesn't believe anyone. They don't believe anyone. And they're difficult. Know anyone like that? Don't look at your person sitting next to you. The third one is the mocking fool. Look at Proverbs 21-24. Mockers are proud and haughty. They act with boundless arrogance. Look at uh, Proverbs 19.25 says, If you punish a mocker, the simple-minded will learn a lesson. If you correct the wise, 
they will be all the wiser. See, mockers are able to impress their, the, impression, the impressionable. They hold little regard for God or the things of God. Mockers will sacrifice relationships to get what they want or to get ahead. Uh, they, they have a bad influence on people. And they're really only looking out for number one. Uh, look at Proverbs 24, 9. It says, the schemes of a fool are sinful. Everyone detests a mocker. So, um, mockers are just, they will use people. They're, they're looking out for number one. And they, they basically, uh, they, uh, you know, as far as God is concerned, you know the Bible says in Proverbs, the fool is said in his heart, there is no God. There is no God. Now, have you heard anybody say that? Have you read people who say that? And these people are intelligent people, aren't they? The fool has said in his See, so that's where education and intelligence doesn't necessarily correspond. The gullible fool has an empty mind. The mocking fool has a closed mind. The wise have an open mind. Let me say that one more time. The gullible fool has an empty mind. The mocking fool has a closed mind. The wise have an open mind. In other words, they're willing to take instruction. They're willing to learn. They're willing to grow. And that's actually the essence of foolishness. The essence of foolishness is not being able to take criticism or direction. The the fool will not take criticism or direction. They will not learn. When somebody comes to them and says to them, you're about to make a horrible decision. You are about to make a bad choice. I'm here because I care about you. Please don't do this. They will not take direction. The essence of foolishness is not being able to take criticism or direction. That person already knows everything. And essentially what they are is they're unteachable. So the question I want to ask you this weekend is, are you teachable? Can people really teach you, or is everyone around you an idiot? Can can you be discerning enough that when somebody's teaching you something, you're able to discern whether it's wise or unwise? You know, some of you have had kids, and uh, what I find is some of our kids, generally, I'm using this word generally, some of our kids are leaders, and some of our kids are followers, right? What happens when a follower who is needy and wants to be accepted gets around kids that are not good? And by the way, Proverbs has a lot to say about choosing friends. Gets around bad kids. Bad things happen, right? Because they're not discerning. They're not able to learn. They're unteachable. They want that acceptance. So those are the three kinds of fools that the Proverbs describes. They're different. They're a little different. They're gullible, they're, they're, they're closed-minded, they're arrogant, but they're unteachable. Ultimately, they're unteachable. You can't teach them anything. And the book of Proverbs says wise people learn. Wise people learn from criticism. Wise people take criticism. Wise people look for counselors. They look for other people to speak into their life and give them wisdom. They don't just listen to what other people, you know, what everybody's saying and say, yeah, that, I agree with that, I agree with that. No, they, they, they find people who are wise in the Word, and they say, what, is, what does the Word of God say, and how does the Word of God direct me in that? You see, 
but 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 the, the bottom line is a fool is somebody who you, you just you you can't you can't help them. They won't learn. There's one other fool in the Bible, and I want to talk about that next. And that is because my message is, whose fool are you? <laughs> because everyone in this room is a fool. Everyone, in the, everybody in this room is a fool. I'm a fool. You're a fool. We're all fools. The question is, whose fool are we? Now, some of you are going, well, you know, I didn't come here to be insulted. Well, why did you come then? <laughs> uh, turn over for a moment to page 870, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. Now, as I read, when I read this verse, you go, okay, okay, I don't feel so insulted now. All right, this is Paul writing. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are headed for destruction. Some of you have tried to share with family members, your friends, your neighbors. You tried to share with them that you were a beggar and you found bread. In other words, you shared the gospel with them. And they are headed for destruction and you're warning them. The brakes are out. Don't go down that hill. The car is going to go off the cliff. You're dead. And they say, that's foolish. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are being saved know it is the very power of God. As the Scriptures say, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and discard the intelligence of the intelligent. So where does this leave the philosophers, the scholars, and the world's brilliant debaters? God has made the wisdom of this world look foolish. Since God in His wisdom saw to it that the world would never know Him through human wisdom, He has used our foolish preaching, this is Paul talking about his preaching, to save those who believe. It is foolish to the Jews who ask for signs from heaven, and it's foolish to the Greeks who seek wisdom. So when we preach Christ was crucified, the Jews are offended, and the Gentiles say, it's all nonsense. Isn't that what our world is doing today? And then when you talk about the gospel, they say, well, that's for weak. That's, that's for people who are uneducated, people who are backwaters. Not for me. I'm wise. I'm wise. I'm, I'm educated. The point is that God has made the wisdom of this world look foolish. And then in chapter 3, verse 18, Paul says this. Stop deceiving yourselves. If you think you are wise by this world's standard, you need to become a fool to be truly wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. Basically what Paul is saying in this passage is this. That when we come to Christ and when we accept the gospel... We say, God, I, I, I need to learn. I need to grow. I need wisdom from above. And we accept the gospel that we are lost and helpless and hopeless and that God sent a Savior from heaven. His name is Jesus. He came from heaven to earth and He gave His life for us. He took our sin upon Himself on the cross and He gave Himself. He suffered our what should have been meant for us. He took on Himself. He became our sacrifice. 
He died in our place. And the world looks at like that and say, says, that's foolishness. But Paul would look at it and say, that's life. And those of you that have crossed the line know exactly what he's talking about. The foolishness of the cross is our only hope. And we have become fools for Christ. Right? We become fools for Christ. Well, 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 the question is, how do you become a fool for Christ? How do you become a fool for Christ? Because basically Paul says, the wisdom of the gospel is foolishness to this world. And if you accept it, you're going to be looked at by the world as a fool. You're an absolute fool. But heaven would look down and said, what a wise son or daughter. How do you become a fool for Christ? Well, number one, you repent. You come to your senses. You see your need. You call out to Jesus. See, you'll never become wise until you first become a fool. Fool for Christ. You'll never become wise until you first become a fool. When you become Christ's fool, the world will think you're nuts. (laughs) Some of you... That's exactly what your friends and your neighbors and your family think. They think you're nuts. They think you're part of a cult. They think, what's going on with you? Go to church, fine, but stop talking about Jesus. That makes a whole lot of sense, doesn't it? (laughs) Let's just not go crazy with this Jesus stuff, and let's just not go nuts about it, and you're talking about it all the time, you're reading your Bible. What is wrong with you? You're nuts. You're crazy. You're foolish. But here's the thing. When you become Christ's fool, the world will think you're nuts. But the Bible says that wise men and women bow down to King Jesus. Because one day every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess what? That Jesus Christ is Lord of all. Proverbs says you can be a fool in a lot of different ways. The New Testament says you can be a fool too. And you are a fool. If you've given your life to Christ, the world says you're a fool. You're crazy. You're out of your mind. So I want to close with one passage. So uh, Jesus in in Matthew chapter uh, 5 through 7 teaches one of the greatest passages in all the Bible. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. It begins with the Beatitudes. You've heard it. Blessed are the peace, you know, peacemakers. Blessed are the poor in spirit. All that. And he goes through and he talks about light. You know, don't hide your light under a bushel, a basket. Uh, don't if you're salt. You know, he talks about you're the salt of the earth and all these different things. He goes through all of the Sermon on the Mount. He comes to the end of this this sermon, and at the end of the sermon, this is what he says. And I want to read this passage. This is. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. So this is at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. I don't have a page number, but it's in the New Testament. He says this. This is at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. So it starts in chapter 5, it ends in chapter 7. And he says this. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds his house on a solid rock. Though a rain, uh, the rain comes in torrents 
and the floodgates rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But if anyone hears my teaching and doesn't obey it, it is foolish. Like a person who builds his rock on, or his house on the sand. When the rains and floods come, the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. You see what Jesus is doing here? He's saying, what's the characteristic of a wise person? A wise person is somebody who takes my word and applies it to their lives. That's wise. A foolish person takes the word of God, takes the words of Jesus, and totally dismisses them out hand. If you are wise or if you are foolish, it is going to come down. It's going to begin by where does your heart dwell? Who has your heart? Do you control your heart or have you given your heart away? Have you given your life away? You see, what Jesus did on the cross is he gave his life to you on the cross. He says, I love you this much. It is finished. The world says, that's absolutely ridiculous. That's absolutely foolish. Why would you ever believe in that? Paul says it's our only hope. Paul says the, the, the wisdom of heaven is foolish to human beings. But the Word of God says that the foolishness of this world does not understand the Gospel. Wise people are teachable. They're able to say, I need help. They're able to admit that they're sinners and they're lost and they need a Savior. They're, they're, they're able to call out to God and ask Him for help. And they're willing to give their life to Him because they believe it makes sense that if He created the whole heavens and the earth and He created me in His image and He sent His Son to die on a cross for me, He may have a plan for my life that's better than my own plan. Wise people do that. The world looks at that and says that's absolutely ridiculous. So in the end, every one of us has to decide whose fool are we going to be? Because everyone in this room is a fool. We're either a fool to the world or we're a fool to Christ. Which one will we be? Stand with me. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for the wisdom that has come from heaven. And as Jesus has tied up his sermon, he essentially said, it's one thing to hear my words. It's one thing to hear it. It's another thing to implement it. <coughs> Thank you, Father, that Jesus is the wisdom that has come down from heaven. He is the one who has provided the only path back to you. If there's anyone here today, Father, who has never asked Jesus Christ to be their Savior, not a Savior, but their own Savior. May today be the day where they maybe pray something like this. Dear Father, I realize that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior, and I realize Jesus is my only hope. And though the world may see, think that's foolish, I don't. And as He gave His life for me, now I give my life to Him. 
And I want to begin a journey with Jesus. And Father, if anyone prayed a prayer something like that, I pray they'd let somebody know and say, I prayed to receive Jesus as my Savior. I just want to let someone else know. (coughs) For those of us who have done that, Father, maybe uh, recently, maybe many years ago, help us to understand what true wisdom really is. Help us to be teachable. Help us to be able to take criticism. Help us to be able to grow and learn, to grow wise, because we have allowed your word to speak to our hearts, to show us our hearts, because we have allowed wise people to come into our lives and speak wise words into our our lives. Help us to grow in wisdom, Father. Thank you that we can. And Father, may we take the wisdom of of this world and set it aside for the wisdom of the cross, and may we share to the world what seems like foolishness to them (coughs) because we know somebody did that for us. And there may have been a day where we thought it was absolute foolishness, but now it's our only hope. And it's changed our lives. And we're so thankful because our eyes are open and our hearts are turned. And now what seemed as foolish is the wisest thing in the universe. And we thank you for it. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.